And now we're all awkwardly looking at each other. So I'll say, hey folks, what are we drinking tonight? I have a bottle of Malbec called Alzar. So I'm drinking uh, from my actual hometown brewery in Quispamsis, New Brunswick, the Hammond River Brewer Brewing, uh, a Cordelia India Pale Ale. Craig, you have invented so many words there in my mind. <laughs> New Brunswick, what even is that? So uh, that, that, that's a province on the east coast of Canada. Isn't it a type of ham? Is it Probably. I, I really like Brunswick ham, it's tasty. Is Brunswick ham from Canada? I do not <laughs> believe so. <laughs> Yeah, I cannot go in this conversation. Not eating meat and not drinking alcohol uh, leaves me completely out of it whatsoever. So, but, but so Brunswick, what, what, sar Brunswick sardines are from New Brunswick. Excellent. I don't eat those either. I have tea, as usual. But I think the most important question is what brand of tea is it? Or is it just non-branded, non-caffeinated tea? Non-caffeinated tea. Uh, you're wrong, James. The most important question is actually where is New Brunswick ham from? Uh, and a quick Google has revealed that it's from the East Westphalian region of Germany. Hmm. There we go. Not from New Brunswick. Who knew? Uh, I am drinking a themed drink tonight. I am on a pedal pony Pilsner, which uh, is my fourth drink of the evening. So that was quite a mouthful to try and say without saying things wrong. I'm actually very impressed that uh, you, you even have a themed, a themed drink. I'll tell you, that was a wedding present. Thanks to somebody arriving with some beers pre-wedding uh, in a crate, which I'm now drinking my way through, which is great fun. Um, so, James, tell us what uh, we're going to talk about next, which is either going to be what's coming up this week on the Herd Summer Racing League or what's coming up this week in the, the world of the Herd. You decide. This weekend in Herd Summer Racing League, our racers will take on a single lap of Watopia's figure eight route. This will see them look for fastest through segment points on Steve's favourite, Hillycom Reverse, the Watopia Sprint Reverse, Hillycom Forwards, and the Forwards Watopia Sprint. There are also bonus points for your finishing position in your category. And Steve, before you set off on a diatribe, I would like to point out that I now share your dislike for Hillycom Reverse. Not a hill. It's not a hill. It's a, it, it, it promises to be a hill, and then it's a stupid bit that favours heavy people who have got more power than me, and I don't like them. Indeed. I could see Craig both laughing and nodding and then shaking his head sadly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that was kind of the uh, what I went through. I, I love Helicon Reverse, as we covered before, and I think we can probably leave it at that. Other than the fact that you know, on the strategy bit, while I did say last time we did this course and virtually every time we do any course, hammered the primes. Last time we did this course, I hammered the primes too much and completely blew up after setting a significant one minute power PB on Helicon Reverse. So there, there is actually an interesting tactic on this one and it's because it's a very steep hill followed by what's essentially flat, maybe like one or 2%. So you do the, the very steep bit up to the sort of turn, and then you do the, the rollers up to the comm line. So Craig, you've got quite an interesting tactic, haven't you? Which is to deliberately get dropped. So you're one to two seconds behind the pack, 
and then use the really steep bit, really hammer that bit of the brine to get back up to the pack and then kind of surf the pack, use the, the draft effect to, to go up to the comm line, knowing that you started two seconds behind. So even if you arrive at the comm line with the pack, you've got a two second lead on them. Uh, are you going to try that? Does it work? This sounds like madness. It's absolute madness. It absolutely works. However, if you're trying to keep up with someone that is going to beat your personal best after you've done this on the first section, it kills you. Just for just as a word of warning. I, I raced with Brent uh, Robinson tonight, who um, consistently beats me. Um, and and we, we were chatting after a race, and he said he basically went from back um, back wheel to front wheel on the initial climb and I think he probably I haven't seen the actual times but I suspect he would have been top three for that first climb so Brent absolutely handled the whole thing and and almost did a Craig didn't quite um, drop behind the back wheel but he said he was at the back of the pack when he started the climb and when he hit the top he was at the front. The problem with this is that the A riders know exactly what they're doing and the people who you consistently see every week winning the A races are there with you at the back and you're all just like getting five metres, six metres, seven metres off the back. <laughs> Everyone's just playing chicken with each other. And then you end up having to do a massive sprint to get back into the back. So, uh, yeah, it might work for some groups. And you are now genuine A rider Becca Kingdom, aren't you, as, uh, as you've had your power verified? I have been recording, yeah, which quite, I must say, looking at the results on Tuesday was quite like a moment of panic when I uploaded them to Swift Power and the fact that I was slightly scared that maybe my power was just massively overrated on my power meter and that I had in fact been cheating accidentally for uh, the last six months or so, but um, no, 2% in nearly all of it. We're all good now. Except that your your power pedals are apparently under-reading your sprint. Yeah, apparently mm -hmm. so. If I change my <laughs> kicker, I can now get extra sprint balls. <laughs> nice. So we've got up the first hill. Um, what I like about the descent from uh, Zwickcom is that you can soup it up a bit. So there is an opportunity to rest on that downhill bit. Um, we then, uh, well, we hit sprint before the hill, don't we, as well? We should probably mention that. Uh, huh? Do we? Is it hill then sprint or sprint then hill? No, it's, it's hill... Then <laughs> hill, then you um, go on the marina, turn left, go up the like 3% hill up towards the S's, take the S's, then do the sprint. And it's the shorter sprint first, 200 metres after the end of the S's. So it's, it's actually quite a hard sprint in a way, isn't it? Because the S's can be quite tough. You're trying to recover on those. Um, we've said in the past, know, know your trainer lag is probably the best tip we can give here that and you could be caught out on the S's where you're not feeling the gradient that everyone else is. So you, your watts drop a bit sort of accidentally because of trainer lag and you might lose the, the group. I, I think personally, I, I found that one of the easier parts of a race. Um, basically, basically, everyone's given it everything on um, heli reverse. And whilst I dropped the front group and was in the second, um, the climb the up group dropped you, James. You did not. Drop yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that too. Um, but the, the the climb up, uh, well, well, gradual incline um, past Marina um, and the S's was fairly, actually, not that bad. I am going to use this terminology from now on that whenever I lose the front group, I am dropping it. <laughs> now being added to my lexicon so we've got that sprint and then we hit the nice com which i think is called hilly com 
Uh, and the other one's Zwiftcom, isn't it? Because, you know, why not call it Zwiftcom Reverse anyway? Um, so we hit Helicom, which is nice. Always attack on the first hairpin because that's what the cool people do. Um, it's similar in a way and it's kind of steep hairpin, steep, then a flat hairpin, then it's flatter to the top. Um, but it's a much shorter climb, isn't it? So it's it, it's more steady, kind of generally just sort of time trial way to the top at the, at the best speed you can on this one. Um, Craig, do you try silly tactics of trying to drop off the back of the group on this one as well? Or are you tired by this? Um, so, I mean, I have in the past. Um, in in B, I, I, I don't. Um, so I am not good enough at climbing to do that. So I, I, I try to be at the front of the group and give myself a little leeway here. And it's kind of a two to three minute climb, this one. And the first one's more of a four to five minute climb, if I remember. Um, Becca's um, going to go, yeah, I did it one minute 30 or something now. Either, so I, I think Becca's definitely under two minutes. James has been two minutes flat. I'm a couple seconds over two minutes when I'm fast. Um, and I think Becca and I are both under four minutes on the reverse. Yeah, I think reverse, I'm just over four. Um, and just to put the like two minute climb in context, I had to do like six and a half watts a kilo. Becca's probably done it in about eight and about one minute 35. I've done 139, I think it's seven and a half. I have a friend who's done it in 124 and nine and a half. Well, that's just showing off now, isn't it? Um, so then we, we descend on that one. Not as much of an opportunity to super tuck. Uh, on the descent is there uh, and probably you've got to there is at the end the silly kicker um i would say yeah there, there is that bit at the end but before that you've got that little ramp up which is actually an opportunity to get back to a group if you've dropped from a group on the top mm -hmm. isn't it and then you've got a little bit of a rest maybe 10 to 15 seconds if that in the super tuck um as you come down and then we're into the long sprint by um back as we go towards the s's aren't we yeah and that's long um, so 400 uh, meters the, the, i think the, the, the concrete archways your or concrete the cave archways your your marker on that isn't it and it's kind of i've, I've not worked out a tactic for these sprints that are long uh, i can't sprint for about 20 ish seconds which is what you need to do um i, I don't think i've cracked it we we talked in the past about um sort of half sprint and then full sprint but sort of go hard as long as you can I, I've, so, I've, I've always done the half. Um, so let, let's say my max sprint is around 900 watts. I'll generally try and do the first half at probably five, 600, then try and push to eight, nine. I mean, um, tonight I, I had absolutely nothing and it was pathetic. But um, Craig, you were saying. Uh, I'm kind of opposite. I go as hard as I can right before the start line and then kind of get into spinning for just a little bit and then uh, basically I, I get to spun out. So usually at, that's at about 80% of max power and I just keep that up as long as I possibly can. Becca. Okay, you're, you're, you say you're not a climber, so therefore you must be a sprinter. What's your tactic on this one? Go flat out for the whole time. <laughs> BMX teaches you to sprint for a, little, a bit longer than Zwift teaches you to sprint. So it I does. can hold the 20 something seconds. Uh, pretty much 14. I'm just amazed that any of you have your eyes open, to be honest. It's kind of hit the segment, close my eyes and hurt usually. <laughs> um, and then open them again and hope that I've got to the line, which is never really the case. Um, 
Right, and then get back to the finish. So just as a reminder, because I don't know if we do this every week, but we, we always find this every week, don't we? So the it is a points-based race, this one. So you get points for your tight segment time on the primes. So that's those two comms we've talked about and the two sprint segments we've talked about. It, are there points on the finish line, James? There are points on the finish line. So each prime has up to 50 points with up to 100 on the finish line. But those points are for where you finish in the race, aren't they? Yeah. So I could win the race, but actually be slower than other people on the prime sections, on the sprints and the comms, and not win the event. Yeah, and quite quite frequently we, we see people who um, say, actually, I finished three, three minutes in front of this person, but they actually beat me. How can that possibly be? Um, but you, ha you have to focus on your times over the prime segments. And sometimes those people don't type in all caps and that makes James happy. So if you're going to moan at James about the Hood Racing League, uh, please do it politely um, and he'll respond politely. Uh, we do laugh when people get really cross that they haven't read the event rules. Um, so what else is coming up this week in the world of Hood Racing? And more importantly, James, in which order do the days of the week come this week? I'm going to like um, continue my trend of doing it in date order, which I know will disappoint you. Um, but after figure eight, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, we move on to the herd of mountain goats, um, which is on Sunday and Monday. And it's the final event of our 10 week series um, with Becca's favorite um, Surrey Hills. Um, we then move on to Stampede, which is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, and I'm dreading this with an absolute passion because this is, other than um, HSRL, this is the series I've been focusing on this time around. It's three laps of flat routes. Hooray. On Tuesday, we have the first event of the Herd Shiris, um, which is um, over um, six weeks. Um, it's the Bologna um, time trial using the time trial module. So um, races will set off at 15 second intervals of each other and whoever gets the fastest time wins. And we move on to um, Wednesday and Thursday with the Bullseye Points race, um, where we have eight laps of the LaGuardia loop, and you'll score up to 50 points each lap, depending on your position in your category as you cross the lap banner with double points available on the final lap. The end. Stunned silence from the audience. Um... <laughs> So I, I guess I did want to jump to maybe a little bit of uh, talk about the Shiris. So, uh, as well, Craig, excellent news. So I, I think the, uh, it, it, it was a smashing success, I think. Um, and uh, I guess that's, you know, from the non-participant side, but uh, James and I have been uh, doing the broadcasts for uh, race one in my very early morning. And uh, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it looks like everybody who's uh, racing is having fun, and uh, we've had really good numbers. So it's, I, it's 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 surpassed any expectations and hopes that I had when I first launched it. But the numbers have been incredible. The feedback has been overwhelmingly positive, and everyone's had a really really great time. And I get messages all the time from people saying, "This is great. Thank you so much." It, it, it's just been really, really good. So what's your so plan the, with it uh, this time around, James? Have you, have you largely kept the same format or 
or are you uh, yeah it, it is the same format so the format last time round was one itt um three short scratch races and then two longer um points races so we've gone back gone about as well so we've got Bologna to start with um we then for the scratch races we've got um three laps of volcano circuit count clockwise uh richmond roller coaster and then toro trail well in yorkshire then we've got um again figure eight um as the first points race and then the new chain chomper route in mercury islands as the second points race and that that uh, route has uh two let's call them six minute koms um and a pretty short um sprint um so should be good does it have oh, we... on to power so you can actually calculate <laughs> um so good point um I, i've been in touch with swift saying are you going to put these segments in and, and they've been in touch saying yeah it's on a list of things to do so if they if the segments aren't there i will use a different route um and the same goes for hsrl in week number five which is also chain chomper um so if, if segments aren't in place in time i use a different route and did they say whether this was going to be before or after rowing um and <laughs> yeah. um, nothing so, no, nothing nothing happens after rowing once rowing is released the world ends with zwift ends it's completed um it's a bit like um uh when they ended um, oh, I've forgotten the name of the game. Uh, really popular first-person shooter game, but it ended. Um, uh, PPG, is it not? Uh, anyway, um, it's important with this one, I think. We've had a bit of a playful jest about um, people not knowing the rules in HSRL, and they change twice a year, like when we go from the Summer Racing League to the Winter Racing League, basically. <laughs> However, in this one, these rules do change, not quite week on week, but if you said we've got kind of a, we've got an ITT, we've got scratch races, we've got point races. So where can people find out what the rules are every week, James? So just on that, I, I think the knowledge of the rules is generally better in the ladies' events than when we first started launching um, HSRL. Um, but Becca, I know that um, you, you did a race this week and... Um, Perhaps VAs didn't realise that there was a sprint banner there because they didn't really seem to like go very far. Just sort of watching me go. Mm -hmm. Well, they must have just thought I was gone a bit mad because I just sprinted and I basically coasted at one more kilo until they caught up with me. They must have just thought, what kind of bloody stupid tactics are these? <laughs> but but I think outside of VAs, um, I think the BCs and Ds were fairly okay with what the rules were. Um, I, I think I only really had one um, message asking why um, someone hadn't done particularly well, despite having beaten someone by five minutes or so on and so forth. Um, but yes, yeah, so, um, I the rules were posted on um, Swift Insider um, before the first series started. Um, and I post the race rules for the events every week on Herd, Herd Racing League, Swift White, uh, Swift, uh, Zwift racers, Zwift riders, and I also send them over to the um, ATP guys as well, who, who've been loving the series. And so. I'm also going to tell you off later for mentioning websites that aren't directly related to the Herd. So the place to find these rules is the Herd Facebook page or the Herd webpage. There are other websites which also may carry the rules, but we're not going to mention them. <laughs> Consider my hand duly slapped. <laughs>
Right, James, uh, you, on to the thing that if it wasn't on our agenda this week, I'd have put on the agenda about things that have annoyed me about Zwift this week. But uh, auto-catting Zwift classics. Um, how, what's this thing that Zwift have done? What is it? What do we know about it? So basically, um, you sign up for an event and you are automatically categorized. And that means that you will only be able to race in your category. You cannot race in any other category, which is brilliant. We know that the categories are based on one, five, and 20-minute power. We do not know what the thresholds are for any of those. Um, but ultimately, it should mean that you're racing with people around your own ability, and there aren't going to be, let's say, for example, three or five A riders turning up to B race and stretching the field out straight away and, and making it a less enjoyable experience for other riders. And that's so I think there was uh, one other thing that uh, I think was mentioned, James, that uh, was taken into account for that on putting people in categories. And it was uh, previous race speed on similar courses. Uh, now, not sure on what exactly that means for similar courses, but it, it, the average race speed is really interesting because there's kind of two things there. There's your sustained power. Or, but it's also your burst power and your ability to stay in a fast group uh, because, you, I mean, you, you and I have seen that before, uh, or, you know, watching the two of us in races, I'm pretty good at bursting when I need to, to stay in a group. Um, on a sustained climb, you usually beat me. The thing, so thing is, though, we, we, if, if you're looking at average speed, there are people at the top end of a category now that race well within themselves apart from when they need to. So I'm not convinced that an average average speed on similar routes is necessarily a good metric. Um, I, mean, it, I, think, if, I think it will be. Um, so my, my two initial thoughts having read through this are, A, this is what we've asked for, and we get a lot of people, we have it on the herd, who quite innocently say, oh, it's a really long race and I'm only a bottom C, should I join the D's because there's no way I'm going to make it to the end with the C's. Uh, I'm just going to join the D's because I'll have a better experience. And I think what we forget is if you are upper category for the, the cap for the race that you're entering. So if I'm a C riding in the D's, I can probably make the front bunch a little bit faster. Even if I just try and stay in the draft, sometimes I might go a little bit quicker, even if I'm just bowsering at the back because I'm there, we know the draft effect and the, the kind of beehiving into it, I'm making that bunch faster. So just my very presence in a back makes it quicker, even if I'm not on the front. So putting people in the categories they should be in and something's, and that being something Zwift does automatically, kind of all of our faces have lit, lit up at this, have gone, oh, this is good. That average race speed thing, the, the, uh, and we mentioned kind of, we're not too sure how this works. And, I, and, and that's the other thing that excites me that kind of at the moment, everyone knows how the criteria works, that you kind of have to keep your average power below a certain amount for the race. And you can see that live data. So I can sit there and go, oh, I'm going a bit fast and I can deliberately slow down to stay in a category. So I can gain the system. Now, if we don't know how those things are quite calculated, that means our options are, I've got to race the other people in the race. So if James decides to go faster, I've got to go faster, otherwise I'm going to lose to him. 
Um, and, I, and I think this is a good thing because I think if it comes back to racing and it comes back to average race speed and those one five 20 minute powers and they've got some clever maths behind that and some clever algorithms, it should make it fairer racing. However, this is Swift. So we do know that they're probably likely to do it in a bit of a stupid way. So let's, whilst I am excited about this, I'm also holding my breath a little bit as to when they do it in a stupid way. And we find that certain phenotypes of rider are massively overpowered or, or favoured by their calculations. And they probably have to revise it a few times until we get so, it. The um, two principles of people in the right categories and us not knowing how categories work are two that I wholeheartedly agree with. That was a lot <laughs> um, so, so I think three points from me. Um, firstly, um, AutoCAT, brilliant, forcing people into their category, not able to race in a different category, great, super. Um, splitting four categories into six categories, so it's a, a more sort of narrow window, um, so it makes it better for people who are the lower end of that spectrum, I think is also good. But the, the third point would be, Actually, midweek races, apart from, let's say, the WTRL and Swift-sponsored ones, numbers are small. Um, and you might only have 30, 40, 50, or even less people. Um, if that's split over six categories, then you're going to have really, really, really small fields per category. This is what I wanted to bring up. Like, I often race the morning one, which admittedly is the quieter races because they're usually the, like, Australian time zone races, but they're the ones I can do. And, I mean, we have six to eight women often in Cat A. Are we going to end up with more women in Cat A when they split it? Because we might end up with some top-end Bs coming to join us, or are we going to end up with less because the lower-end As are then going down to C2 or C3, and there's going to be four of you? Because I signed up for the... Uh, AutoCAT race on Wednesday and there were three of us. So I was just like, well, I'm not interested in racing two other people. <laughs> so on this, could Zwift make it much more like handicapped racing anyway? So much like we had um, with the um, the race up uh, uh, two before we changed it to the herd of mountain goats where we had a staggered start and we used to call it Australian pursuits when I've done it on the road. So you're grouped by times and the idea is that everyone gets to the finish at the same time. Or you could do the reverse. Everyone starts at the same time, but actually I know I'm only really racing James because he's in my category, but I might be able to beat James because I can hold back his wheel a bit longer, even though she's in the category above. So whilst there's a pack of 40 of us, am I only really racing six people? And, and Zwift could do clever things. Like it could highlight those people differently. It could just show me those people in the leaderboard to go, right, these are the folks you are racing, even though you're in this big bunch of 40. So we can still have kind of, participation in events we still got 40 50 riders but they're split between these six categories and i'm effectively racing against these other seven or eight people there so yeah we, we have that already with um with um mass start events so um in, in the stampede all the categories start at the same time um and you're able to see um a cat um <laughs> is that is that a cat a or cat b um cat a. <laughs> um but for our listeners who can't see our video at all, um, Steve is now sending his video of his cat, who, who is apparently in Cat A. Um, uh, yeah, so my cat is due to be fed about now, which is why he is now currently being an arsehole. That <laughs> injured cat will understand what I mean by that. Uh, sorry, James. Yeah, so um, Stampede, um, all the categories start at the same time. Um, you're able to see... Um, who's leading which category from either the companion app or 
the um, the sidebar in game. So I think that functionality exists already. Um, and going back to Becca's point about how she's C1 and there are only um, two or three other riders, um, and her concern was that are lower A's going to um, be be moved into C2? And I think that's probably what will happen because I mean AA is such a wide category. Well, that, that was my response on the chat, wasn't it? When we were just, a few of us signed up to one of these events just to see what category we'd be in. And they've effectively put five cats into six, haven't they? So you've got A and A+. plus. Um, so, but I am sensitive to, to what Becca's saying. So I've done a few of the races where there's kind of five people in it and you think, well, like, if I'm good at the, the great thing about Zwift is the community if there isn't anyone there, it becomes me sitting in my garage for an hour mm -hmm. or in the, like, my shed for an hour, riding my bike on my own. Uh, do I really want to do that when it's summertime, particularly here in the UK, and I can just, just go outside? Although, as a hay fever sufferer, being outside is trying to kill me at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, if that, I, I'm all in favour of more equality of racing. I think there are lots of barriers of entry to racing. Uh, the main one being that the fact that you don't know if you've won the event online, I can come fifth in the event and then people aren't on Swift Power because they've entered the wrong category and I've actually won. So if that removes one of those barriers to entry, that is a fantastic thing. But yeah, um, really sensitive to rider participation. Craig, you've been very quiet. I could sense this. There's something building here. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if it really something building. Um, so I mean, this isn't the full answer. This is a step. And it, I mean, it, it's very, it's very openly being presented as experimental um, it, it, that they're, they're playing with it and they're trying things. I think it's a good step. Uh, I, I think, so the, the race speed, I, I mean, you can see, you can say that, yeah, some people are racing within themselves, but there's also people that are really good at surging when they need to, to stay in the group, but staying, right in the draft and having a very low average power. And those people are gonna go up a little bit. And, you know, we saw, you know, just how long our, our good friend Bowser was able to stay in the C category and win all the sprints and do very well in the, uh, the uncategorized stage BR. Um, it's a good step in base adding something to do with results into the categorization, not just power. I think the power needs to be there because the the group you're racing with changes all the time. So you need to add some sort of leveling factor. And I think because we it's all the game has the perfect power data because the game physics is based on the power data sent from your trainer or power meter. So I think this is a really good step. Um, I, I think there's a lot of really interesting things that are going to need to be dealt with between now and this being all the categorization, but it, I, I like it. I, I, I like trying something new. Um, I didn't race the AutoCAD race. I, I signed up just to see what category, category I'd be in, as I think a very lot, large number of people did. Um, but it put me, I, I looked at people I knew that were in my race and it was people I raced with. It was, um, Uncle, whatever, Clay Jackson and Andy Kroll and 
it was people I race against and I race against, I raced against those people in the uncategorized HBR. That was who I ended up with at the finish. So it makes sense to me. I, I, I think it's a, it's, it seemed based on what I saw, it seems to work. Um, now with what Beck is saying on the numbers, that's, a, that's going to be a problem, especially if you try to narrow it. But I, I understand narrowing it because I watch the, um, the women's B when I, so I did a little bit of, uh, between doing a little bit of DSing for the, uh, the women's ZRL B teams and doing the announcing and the, and the series, women's B because it ends at 3.7 instead of 4.0. Um, that's, it's a really narrow category and the racing in women's B is awesome. Uh, it, it's really close. Uh, the people, a few people do, but most people don't get shelled right at the beginning. Um, and you look at some of the ladies we've seen that went, that got promoted from C to B during the she race, and they were able to keep up and, you know, be competitive kind of right away. It's a, uh, I think it's a, it's a really good width of category where the, the mixed or men's a, uh, B is just a little bit wider uh, or actually almost twice as wide. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I understand trying to narrow it up because it does make the racing better. It does make the experience better for the people that are towards the bottom. I think the, um... This is a short-term measure from what I've read. Um, Zwift knew there was an issue with people entering wrong categories. And they also knew there was an issue with the power-based categories as they are currently. Um, my understanding is they want to go to a results-based category system. Um, that that's going to take a lot of work. Um, probably either integration of Swift, Swift Power into Zwift or creating an entirely new um, in-house system. So um, I, I'm i a big fan of AutoCAD. Um, even if I have criticisms, I think it's um, a significant, well, an absolutely enormous improvement on what currently exists, as long as we still have fields. Because who, who wants to turn up to a race where there's only three people in the category? No one. Um, but it's 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 definitely um improvement and look, looking forward to seeing it in action. I mean, I'll, I'll kick off our final segment of what's annoyed me about Swift this week. So I don't really have anything, but it's just my concerns about this. Really, is that um, a the categorizations? I think they're not great, are they? So if you look at D's, it, it's one to two point four watts, and that's a huge difference. And then you go to C's, which is two point four to two point nine, which isn't uh massive sorry 3.2 which isn't massive b's is almost a watt and then a's is four plus so they feel i'm not really sure how they've chosen those and i worry about these categorizations whether you end up with one which is kind of very broad and as craig rightly says what you want is to roughly race people who are about as good as you are because then the racing's really good and that means it's really fun because everyone likes taking part in something they feel they can win rather than taken part in something they can take part the other thing that worries me is Zwift has done anti-sandbagging the cone of shame when did that that came in last year probably over a year ago now that's probably 18 months stretching my memory back and is this Zwift going 
anti-sandbagging hasn't worked. Uh, they talked about having the cone of shame. It, it's such an easy UI fix because they've got this data, they've got people's FTPs, they've got people's weights to go, when I click on that join a C pen, you appear to be joining the wrong category. Would you like to join this category instead? They, that, that would be such a U, easy UI fix and they've not done it, which worries me slightly. I, I think they, they, did they actually do that for the um, anti-sandbagging trials? I, I, I know that was the plan. The the plan when they started doing the anti-sandbagging races was that if you try to enter a category that you shouldn't be entering, it would say, or um, there'll be a little pop-up saying, you look like you're too strong for this event. Why don't you try this category instead? Um, I, I don't know if that ever happened for the, uh, the trial events. I know it was something discussed, but I don't remember seeing it or hearing about mm. it. It'd be interesting to know if it did. But that would be my concern, is that we've kind of had three things now obviously the original categorization, then, then the anti-sandbagging cone of shame. Cone of shame, which has never come out of beta. Like, part of me thinks, actually, if they just deployed that in-game, would that fix a load of things? Okay, it would kind of... Have they not found a way to give James you the power to opt out of cone of shame as an event organiser? I'm, I'm thinking of WTRL that kind of fudged the system a bit to, to tell people to enter specific pens, which aren't the ones that are their categories. So... With the, if, if they enforce something on that level, do they break something else in the game? Like, this is what I'm frustrated about. I'd, I'd love to know what, like, the anti-sandbagging looked quite good when I've done those races. It, it looks to work. Um, and I, I'm really intrigued as to why they're not deploying that and why they're saying, oh, no, we need to do water cap. We need to do, do a new system now. So. I've seen quite a few people who have been coned but probably shouldn't have been. Mm. So yeah, I, I was going to say this. I was going to say the same thing, Steve. Um, on people I've talked to, there are a lot of people that, yeah, anybody with a good one minute basically it gets coned, even if they are legitimately in that category. And also, uh, they didn't take into account the Swift Power tiny person rule. So anybody that fell under that would enter what's their Swift power category and immediately get coned. So, or if they enter the, the one without the tiny person rule, they immediately get dropped. So, I mean, I think Zwift changed the physics a little bit to adjust for the power, the absolute power after all of that, but then the Zwift power categories didn't adjust. So, because I, I know I've seen some complaining on the uh, Zwift forums from people that are under that tiny person rule that they're autocatted way too high. I'm like, mm. well, yeah, but you absolutely thrash everyone when you're in B category. Mm. Um, you, you know, you, you maybe shouldn't be there. Yeah, and that's the kind of the the issue we have is that I'm at one hand going Zwift don't show, don't open the box don't show me how things work because I don't want to know because then people can't game the system and I'm going but show me why this didn't work so I appreciate yeah. I'm asking for for opposite things at times so anyway uh, everyone else what's annoyed you about Zwift this week okay what has annoyed me about Zwift this week is them messing up James's access to Zwift power because this is going to mess with their results all weekend and so it's it, 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 it's not access to Zwift Power. So I, I have access to Zwift Power. Um, and basically, um, as an event organizer, you have a, um, a little red button in the top right-hand corner. Um, and you click on that and you select Edit Race. I can get into that. 
Um, I can edit the race in every single way, but I could always do it. And then you click on the update button, but none of those changes get saved. So um, it, it, it is frustrating. Um, and I feel for the people who get really excited about finishing a race and wanting to see the results. Craig, what are you doing with your face? I think he's laughing. Anyway, sorry, James, you were very interestingly explaining something about the very interesting access to the Zwift power we have that was very interesting. Um, yeah, so uh, basically, um, I, I, I can't update any any results. <laughs> um, that was the answer we needed, James. Very good. <laughs> so uh, continuing on with how this has annoyed me, come on, Zwift, fix this for James. Herd racing is the reason I pay you money year-round, and I'm probably not the only one. Fix it. I just, actually, I'm going to jump. James has said he'll go, so I'm going to go next. I'm going to jump all over James and go, genuinely, this is the thing that really bugs me about Zwift, is make it better for communities. We know there's the herd, which is massive. We've got friends in Dirt. We've got ATP. We've got WKG. There's loads of other communities that we mentioned. And I bet you they've all got similar bugbears, like make it good for the community. You've got this really loyal fan base. You've got people who are volunteers like James giving huge amounts of time. Talk to them and go, hey, what's the thing we can fix for you? Because you've got 5,000 people that all pay us money. And I bet you if we fix some of those things, they'll keep paying us money. But they don't think like that. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Becca, would you like to go next? Um, mine's sort of more about the people on Zwift than Zwift, although it is a little bit Zwift. Um, this week during our TTT, we had someone who decided to ride with us for part of it. As you do, you know, we told them to drop, then we told them less politely to go away, etc, uh, etc. Et they then decided to spell out a whole load of abuse uh, during the race, which you can flag someone's harassment, but nothing ever happens. And then after the race, decided that they needed to come and find my ride, comment on it and uh, send me some more abuse, <laughs> of which there isn't anything you can actually do on the Zwift Companion app to report these people or anything like that. And I mean, I used to have my Instagram on my Zwift Power page just because I've spoken to a lot of people I've raced with uh, through it and thought it was like a nice way of contacting people and that sort of stuff and had a load of abuse from other people through that too. So I'm just, it's an online bike racing thing. Why, when people get behind a computer screen, do they feel the need to say things to people that they wouldn't in real life? And why? Just, I don't understand it. And there's nothing you can do really regarding with Zwift to report it in any way. Um, so yeah, feeling a little bit left left let down by Zwifter this week. And I, I'm not going to belittle you, Becca, but I'm also going to back up Swift and say that this is a people problem. Uh, any social channel has this problem that essentially, as you say, people, when they get behind a keyboard, are just dicks. Um, and don't be a dick is the general rule that we should apply here. And I think it's something that the herd is very good at self-policing, which is when people creep a bit towards the dick line, they tend to get like a little sarcastic message or like, Somebody might send them a friendly little message on Facebook and go, do you think you're being a bit of a dick at the moment? And people kind of rain back from that. So Herd is a lovely, safe, quiet corner of the internet. And it's uh, it's sad to be reminded that the rest of the internet exists at times, doesn't it? Yeah, I must say that's the reason I've stuck racing with the Herd all the way through. It's because people are different in these groups than they are in other groups on the internet. And can I just say that people actually reaching out to give 
regardless of whether whether it's you, Becca, or anyone else, grief on Swift Companion, Strava, Instagram, whatever, it's completely bang out of order. And um, Steve, yeah, I, I, I get your point. Swift is a social platform. Um, it, it's not Swift that's caused the problem. It's for people that's on it. But actually, that's their responsibility. So they do need to fix it. Oh, no, I 100% agree. However, uh, it, it feels to me like one of those things where we're shouting at the winds. Like, if Twitter haven't fixed it, if Facebook haven't, hasn't fixed it, like, we're asking what's quite a new startup company to fix that. It, it, it's a hard thing. And basically, it's much easier to fix people and don't be dicks to each other than it is for these companies. But th- th- there needs to be channels to report abuse. And if, if Becca's getting grief on Instagram, she probably knows who these people are on, on Zwift. Um, and she, she should be able to um, just say, hey, Zwift, look at these comments I've received on a different social channel. Do you think this is acceptable? To which the answer has to be no. Um, but yeah, um, Becca, I'm sorry this happened to you. That's fine. I mean, I've had abusive comments from men all the way through on Zwift it's just one of those things you accept as a woman which really sucks but um yeah it just it got a bit too much this week I'm sorry to hear that but uh, if it's any consolation Becca I will continue to slide into your DMs on Instagram and abuse you for your choice of gym shorts anytime <laughs> Becca Becca will know that uh, anytime she posts uh, an Instagram uh, picture wearing big sunglasses or loud gym shorts I like to post her abuse um, but uh, that's that's all part of being friends. Uh, James, you said I'll go, and then the rest of us went. So, would you like to go? Um, Craig made my point. Um, <laughs> so, after all that, um, yeah, no, um, it was uh, just the um, Swift Power difficulties. But I'm currently unable to post results for 14 out of my 24 um, races weekly. Um, I, I have a lot of sympathy for Swift after they acquired Swift Power, without evidently the necessarily back-end knowledge of it um but it is frustrating um i had to send 80 emails to sort of support before they understood the point i was making because they automatically assumed that i didn't know how to use with power and i was trying but when i said that i wasn't able to update results they thought i meant that i wanted to um manually update fit files i just i mean again i i'm going to make the point you made to me about the uh, community management back to them, it's a bit like buying Coke and then going, well, we don't know what the recipe is. And then someone going, well, the Coke tastes a bit different. You go, well, you're drinking it wrong. Um, <laughs> if you buy a thing, understand how the thing works, then manage it would be the way I'd want them to do it. But there we go. I mean, honestly, they they need to put the right resources towards it. There are there are people that could go through and figure out that code. It, uh, it, they can hire those people if they don't already have them. I'm sure they already have them and just need to allocate them doing it. So if power is important, um, the I, even if they're going to replace it, it's the entire basis of racing right now. And if they don't fix it, it's broken and racing is broken and there's a lot of us that are really only on Zwift because of racing because if I just want to do workouts I can use my German head unit to run workouts. I bet this is the problem we face and I'd love to and we've spoken about this before I don't know if it's on the podcast or just generally but I'd love to understand more. Apparently two-thirds of people 
that our active Zwift users only do workouts. So kind of that is their core business. So I think there are times where we sit here as racers and go, look, it's really important to me. And we have to remember that like, their core business is not doing racing, it's providing the workout function. However, if we flip that on its head, if, if one third of your users care about racing, that's a lot of people for whom something that's broken is really, really important to them. So uh, again, I, I, I know I like to jest about them sorting out rowing, I just like them to get cycling right because they do that really, really well at the moment. They do a community thing really well. Like fix those things, get your core business right, and then like do the same for running, do the same for rowing, do the same for people who want to do yoga in front of mirrors. Like I just get get your basics brilliant and then expand would be my hope for them. But so Steve, I was a I was a Swift user for two years before I joined the herd. And in those two years, I did the first year I did entirely workouts with a couple free rides. The second year I did maybe two races, maybe a couple more than that, but a couple races, mostly workouts and a couple free rides. Um, and then I found organized racing because I, you know I'd entered a couple tortoise with things that were crap. Most of them, most of the races I'd entered before that point, I didn't even have Zwift. I hadn't registered on Zwift Power because I'd never heard of it because Zwift certainly didn't advertise it. And, you know, through all of that, um, I, I would have answered a question saying I was on Zwift for the workouts because I hadn't found good racing. If Zwift presented those people doing only workouts with races, I think more people would be doing racing. You make a really interesting point. So I don't know, we've, we've all been watching Tour de France and some of us pay for our fancy GCN Plus coverage and don't watch adverts, Becca. But the rest of us watch normal telly with adverts in. Um, and whether it's Eurosport or ITV, Zwift is heavily advertised on both. And they both go with the like, do you want to do a workout with Matteo van der Poel? Like where it's fun, it's community, and they just push workouts, which... So that's fascinating. Like it, it would be interesting to see a marketing direction that came from them that said, do you want to race like Matteo van der Poel, but against your like friends from Colombia, from Germany, from Canada, from Hawaii, they're all the same as you and all racing that speed. Could, so if they made racing really, really good, be like, do you want to race with people around the world that are all in your ability and it's going to be really fun? Like that, that would be something I'd want to do. Um, but it strikes me their marketing is all about do you want to do workouts? Like, well, fun is fast. Like, they, it, it does seem to me that their, their marketing policy is all in the workout thing. And it, it's almost like they're not realizing the draw that the racing might have. Everyone's gone quiet and I've gone on a bit of a drunken rant. So I'm going to say thanks to everyone. That's been a pleasure. Uh, we're going to continue chatting on Discord, as we usually do. Go on Discord. It's great for races. Usual plug for Discord, but thanks. All right, everyone. Thanks. Good night.